The CBS Radio Mystery Theater presents... Come in. Welcome. I'm E.G. Marshall. Welcome to the fear you can hear. Welcome to the world of terrifying imagination. We are about to bring you a tale of magic. What a word, magic. What do we mean by magic? What are we thinking when we say something is magical? Why, only that we do not understand how it came to be. Or even what it is that came to be. Or, for that matter, if it ever really did come to be. I was standing between the windows. Those two big windows, you know, the ones with the great pier glass in between. And I was looking straight ahead, so I can't say that I saw the door open because I didn't. But all of a sudden, there was this terrible confusion. Men jumping from their chairs, some looking frightened half out of their wits, others with expressions of joy and anticipation, some of them crying out. Was it horror? Was it surprise? Was it delight? I couldn't tell. It was all mixed up. Our mystery drama, The Walls of Jericho, was written especially for the Mystery Theater by Elspeth Eric and stars Robert Dryden. It is sponsored in part by Anheuser-Busch Incorporated, Brewers of Budweiser. I'll be back shortly with Act One. Did you say God? Well, I know him by everything you say and do. Did you say God? Well, I've seen him every time I look at you. He's touched you with his love. A truce of violence. It can come true in your life. The community of God. Make it your way. This message is brought to you by Religion in American Life. Bigger and better. Eastside Rental in Bellevue, the home of a thousand rental tools for the man who wants to do it himself around the yard or home. Eastside Rental's new facilities are ultra-modern, assuring you fast service and lots of parking right at their door. Located at 11830 Northeast 8th Bellevue. Phone GL4-4088. For you contractors listening, Eastside Rental can help you with that extra heavy-duty equipment you don't want to invest your capital in. They'll fix you up right now. Call GL4-4088. Two locations to serve you. Midlakes on Bellevue-Redmond Road and in Redmond on the Fall City Highway. GL4-4088. They rent most everything and they're open seven days a week.
can have magic. A name, a poem, a face, a touch, a phrase of music, a sudden silent thought that brushes across the mind. But it won't be captured. No, not magic. For magic merely happens. Watch out. Ready or not, here it comes. It's cold in here, don't you think, Cudworth? Brindle's gone to fetch another log. He'd best hurry. The fire will have burned itself out completely. That's asking a bit much, isn't it? For Drindle to hurry? <laughs> I suppose one shouldn't ask too much. Ah, oh, poor old Drindle. How old is he now? What will be your guess, Ashley? I wouldn't hazard one. He's been steward at the club since before I became a member. Ah, here he comes. I don't like to see him carrying a log that size. <sighs> Oh, Drindle. Ah, you wanted something, Mr. Ashley? A half an hour ago, Drindle, I asked for a brandy and soda. But you have your brandy, Mr. Ashley. Ah, but have I my soda? Haven't you? Oh, oh, you haven't. I'll get it for you right away, sir. Right away. Possess your soul in patience, Ashley. The club should really start to think of retiring him, wouldn't you say? Start to think... That's all we ever do. We never actually get on with the thinking, do we? Oh, hello. Everybody, have you seen this? Who's making that racket? Higgins just came in. Oh, him. Have, have you seen it? Have you? Seen what, Higgins? Well, I, I just took it off the bulletin board, Winthrop. Now you're president of the club. You should be the first. Read it aloud. Oh. At four o'clock in the afternoon of January 12th, the devil will come down the chimney of the fireplace in the members' lounge. Let's see that. I just this minute took it off the bulletin board. Now, who's playing jokes around here? Now, who wrote this? Did anyone here put this notice up on the bulletin board? Now, let me see it, Winthrop. At four o'clock in the afternoon of January 12th, the devil will come down the chimney of the fireplace in the members' lounge. What the... <laughs> that, that, that fireplace right there. How very interesting. It's not interesting at all. Just a feeble attempt to be funny. Well, it wasn't on the bulletin board this morning. Well, it wasn't there an hour ago when I came in from dinner. Now, was it Cutworth? Well, I certainly didn't see it. Well, somebody put it there. The, the devil could have put it there. Oh, rubbish. Well, well, he might have. He's very ingenious. I've heard. Now, let's not let ourselves be carried away, Higgins. Uh, Mr. Ashley, sir? Uh, what is it? Your soda, sir. Well, set it down. Edwindle, have you seen this? What is it, sir? Mr. Higgins found it pinned to the bulletin board. Here, read it. At four o'clock in the afternoon, January 12th, the devil will chimney the fireplace in the members' lounge. Uh, what does it mean? It means that the devil will come down that chimney at four o'clock on January 12th. That's what it means. Oh, surely not, Mr. Higgins. Definitely not. It's a joke, isn't it? Of course it is. But, uh, on the other hand... Uh, really, Cutworth, you and your other hand. Let's mark it down as a joke. Until we know better. At least until then. Anyway, until the afternoon of January 12th, at, uh, four o'clock... Come to the table. Boobies, every one of them. 
Now, your oatmeal will get cold. Oats, clods. Yeah. Don't blame me if it's spoiled. I bamboozled them like the bunch of noodles they are. <laughs> Anytime you'd care to state what you're talking well, about, I'm all ears, as the saying goes. Meantime, come sit down. Esteemed high and mighty members of the Ralph Waldo Emerson Gentlemen's Club, from the president, the exalted Mr. Amos Winthrop, on down. Oh, them. Imbeciles. Now, you... You didn't go making trouble, did you? That remains to be seen. Because they're just waiting for an excuse to give you the sack. You're not so young anymore. I know that, Martha. Not always strictly teetotal on the job, I suspect. I'm never drunk. Well, a man needs to be a little elevated to spend ten hours a day with those back bay snobs, but... I flim-flammed him. Now, look here, Timothy Drindle. Don't you go doing anything to raise the hackles on those gentlemen. Income poops. Because if they should yeah. give you the old heave-ho, you know where you'd wind up, don't you? Right here at home with me, and I won't have that. They're not about to fire me, not right away. As a matter of fact, it's I who may have lighted a small fire under them. And they should be starting to feel the heat of it soon now. Very soon. Timothy, what have you done? Oh, nothing very much. I only posted a notice on the bulletin board, that's mm -hmm. all. What kind of a notice? A modest little notice stating that on January 12th at 4 o'clock in the afternoon, the devil would descend the chimney of the fireplace in the members' lounge. You said... The devil? You should have seen the excitement. Especially Mr. Higgins. Oh, he's such an emotional little man. You invoked the name of the devil? No, I did no such thing. You summoned up the devil? Oh, I played a joke on those superior snobs who've been taking me for a joke all these years. That's all I did. Oh, once you summon up the devil, Timothy, it's, it's not so easy to send him back where he came from. Will you stop it, Martha? I only want to make them worry. Those fine gentlemen who've never had a care in the world since the day they were born. Worry? How? About what? Worry. Will he come down the chimney? Oh, they'll worry from now to the 12th of January, and I'll be there ten hours a day to watch them worry. And if his satanic majesty does come down the chimney, what then? Oh, he won't. He won't. I wrote the notice myself, and old Beelzebub didn't dictate it either, if that's what you're thinking. No, I'm thinking... I'm thinking you've started something, Timothy, that he won't be able to stop. Your coffee, Mr. Winthrop? Oh, thank you, Drindle. That's quite a fire you've got going there. <laughs> I always try to keep up a good, smart blazer. Nothing special about this particular fire, Drindle? Mm, no, sir. It's January 12th, Brindle. And precisely three minutes before four in the afternoon. Is it indeed, sir? Oh, come off it, Brindle. Surely you're not indifferent to the heralded appearance of the Prince of Darkness down the chimney. Well, it's really no concern of mine, Mr. Winthrop. No, the membership doesn't share your aplomb, Brindle. Lounges fill to overflowing. So it is, sir, and I'd best stir myself. Other gentlemen will be wanting coffee. Ah, uh, bring me a brandy, Drindle. If you have the time. All the time in the world, Mr. Higgins. 
Oh, Trindle's the only cool character in the room. Mm. Even Ashley, who thinks this whole thing's nonsense, Ashley doesn't even believe the devil exists, for goodness sakes. <laughs> well, he, he's still been sitting on that little hassock by the fireplace since noon. I tried to get him to lunch with me, but he wouldn't budge. Oh, suspects a trick, no doubt. What do you? Well, it is possible, I suppose. But uh, who'd want to play a trick like that? I mean, even if someone wanted to, how'd he go about it? Now, now suppose something, or someone, descends that chimney at four o'clock, as I am firmly persuaded he will, who or what could do that? There's a great roaring fire going. Well, Drindle saw to that. Well, suppose someone with a perverse sense of humor should toss a dummy down the chimney. We'd find it afterward. Well, not if it was reduced to ashes. Ah, but something would remain. It couldn't all burn up. Am I right? Well, ask Cudworth. He's the brainy one. Gentlemen, all prepared for the big moment? Hello, Cudworth. Only the devil himself could survive a trip down that chimney. Am I right, Cudworth? I'd say so, yes. Uh, uh, oh, it's nearly time. Nervous? Well, I don't know what to think. I mean, I don't know what to expect. The whole thing is nerve-wracking. Positively devastating. It's time. <laughs> What's that? Oh, what? It's him! It's him! The devil himself! He's there! See him! There he is! There is certainly something there. Someone. Oh, it's the devil! It's old Harry! The devil! Is it really the fiend? Look at him! Standing in the flames! He's laughing! Is he really laughing? Oh, that old serpent! Look at him! He's gone. No, 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 he's not! He's still there! In the flames! No. Laughing in the flames! He's Oh, oh, well, now he's gone. Well, that was quite an experience. Yes, it was. Oh, it was the most wonderful thing that's ever happened to me in my entire life. Oh, really extraordinary. Well, now, are you all satisfied? What do you mean by that, Ashley? His satanic majesty failed to put in an appearance. Of course he put in an appearance. You, you didn't see him. Don't tell me you did. Of course we did. He was all in black. Had to no, no, he was dressed in red. Uh, black and red, I thought. Well, he had red hair. You couldn't see his hair. He wore I a cap. saw his hair. It was sort of waving in the flames, no. a draft or something, but it never caught on fire. I, I distinctly remember he, noticing that. He wore a cap. You couldn't see his hair, and his mustache was black. No cap. A cap and a big black cape. He kept his cape around him all the time he was standing yes, there. Yes, but the cape was red, a very bright red. <laughs> now listen to yourselves. Listen, will you? You all saw him. You all say you did. But each of you saw something different. Huh? Red cape, black cape, black and red cape. Why, it's ludicrous. It is not ludicrous at all. We were all overexcited, all worked up over this thing, and maybe our, our accuracy, our powers of observation were impaired. That's possible. Except I know he wore a big black cape. A big pardon, Mr. Higgins. Yeah, don't, don't bother me now, Drindle. Your brandy, sir. Yeah, Drindle, settle this argument for us, will you? What was the devil wearing? Yes. Devil, sir? What was he wearing when he came down the chimney? I wouldn't know, sir. I was not in the lounge. I was fetching Mr. Higgins' brandy. Did the 
devil make an appearance, sir? How then was the devil dressed? Oh, he was in his Sunday vest. His coat was red and his breeches blue. And there was a hole where his tail came through. Those charming lines were written by Mr. Robert Southey at the turn of the century. But not our century. No. A hundred years before. Clearly, the devil had time to acquire a new suit of clothes. We'll be back shortly with Act Two. Never heard of beer on the rocks? No? Swell. The people who brew Budweiser never have thought ice in your beer was such a cool idea anyway. If you only knew how ice cuts down the head and waters the taste, oh, a chilling thought. A downright tragedy with Budweiser especially. Budweiser is the king of beers. The only beer in America that's beechwood aged, naturally carbonated. Which means Bud brews its own bubbles, tiny ones, over a dense lattice of beechwood strips. The beer ages the best way, the right way, naturally. But add an ice cube and bloop, there goes all that extra effort. So if you forget to cool enough bud, skip the cubes and put your Budweiser on ice for a while, on the coldest shelf in your refrigerator. Even if the weight does frost you a little, it'll be worth it. Anheuser-Busch, St. Louis. We hope you're enjoying our new CBS Mystery Theater. It's another addition to our KIXI programming we're very proud of. We've made quite a few additions in the past year. For instance, we've added 1,000 people to our news team. People like Walter Cronkite, Dan Rather, Wynne Elliott, Douglas Edwards, Mike Wallace. Just six of the more than 1,000 CBS reporters who help make KIXI Seattle's number one news service. And in the morning, we provide the only 90-minute news service in the area. 7 to 8.30 each morning, Monday through Friday. The complete CBS News team, plus Seattle's best local coverage and up-to-the-second traffic reports. This is Dean Smith. Join me and Bob Little, Ken Stewart, Clarence McDaniels, Norm Bobrow, Gary Jeanette, plus Chet Huntley, Charles Osgood, and the CBS News team for Seattle's best news coverage. 90 minutes of news each day, Monday through Friday, 7 to 8.30 a.m. here on KIXI 91 a.m. 96 f.m. where the listeners are. Did the devil indeed descend the chimney of the Ralph Waldo Emerson Club in the afternoon of January 12th and stand laughing in the flames? There isn't complete agreement among the club members even now. More than a month later. Uh, Cudworth, I have to talk to you. Sit down, Winthrop. Uh, Have you seen it? I've seen it. It wouldn't do any good to take it down from the bulletin board, I suppose. Well, half the membership's already seen it and told the other half. Lightning strikes again. I never dreamed it would, did you? Well, it's a slightly different bolt of lightning this time. Not the devil. The white goddess, I believe the notice said. I copied it down. On February 8th, at 6 o'clock in the evening, the white goddess will run naked through the members' lounge. Naked, eh? Uh, Cudworth, just who is the white goddess? Daughter of Astarte, I believe. And, um, 
just who is Astarte? I'm sorry not to be up on these things, but it's not really in my area of concern. I believe Astarte is the goddess of fertility and uh, sexual love. Don't say. Well, that would account for her being naked, wouldn't it? Uh, Cudworth, do we still believe in such things? Uh, goddesses of sexual love? Why shouldn't there be such a goddess? And why shouldn't she have a daughter? And why shouldn't the daughter be called the white goddess? You, uh, you don't believe she'll run naked across the members' lounge, do you? I didn't believe the devil would come down the chimney. But you did see him, didn't you? Yeah. Or something that looked very like him. Assuming, of course, I know what the devil looks like. Cudworth. I saw his horns. Did you indeed? Have, have you seen it? Have, have you seen the note? Yes, 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 we've seen it. Do you know that members are pouring in from all over the country? Oh, no. Members that haven't been inside the club in 20 years. We can't even begin to put them up. Half of them are stopping at hotels. Oh, heaven help us. Oh, cheer up, Winthrop. There's a chance the white goddess won't show. I don't know, Cudworth. I, I have a sinking feeling that she will. empty hotel room in the whole of Boston. Why are you doing this, Timothy? What are you getting out of it? I'm getting something off my own back, that's what. I'll never understand you. Well, you haven't up to now, that's for sure. Playing jokes on people at your age. It's no joke. Well, I don't know what else you could call it. It's a plot. A plot to make them squirm, those fine gentlemen with their fancy ways. Why should they go through their entire lives without knowing a moment's uncertainty or a pang of anxiety? They're always so damn sure of themselves. Ah, they're not sure any longer. They're divided amongst themselves already on the subject of the devil. I hear them jawing away about it in the lounge. Was he there or wasn't he? What did he look like? What did he wear? <laughs> Mr. Higgins says red. Mr. Winthrop says red and black. Mr. Cudworth says... Nothing at all, just looks wise. And Mr. Ashley says the devil never came down the chimney at all, so they're every last one of them crazy. I tell you, their chatter and their argument was driving me right up the wall. But I put a stop to it, all right. You... And just how did you manage to do that? By putting up the notice about the white goddess. That's how. Now they're all talking about her. And when is this white goddess making her debut? Six o'clock tonight. And is she coming down the chimney? No. No, as the notice says, on February 8th at six o'clock in the evening, the white goddess will run naked through the members' lounge. Where will she come from? How should I know? I only wrote the notice. But I think it would be nice if she came in through the main door <sighs> and went out through a window. <laughs> yes, that would be rather nice. <laughs> the room is filling up. It's amazing. Oh, I don't know. It isn't often, if ever, any of us gets to see the white goddess run naked across the lounge. You think they really believe? Well, who knows what they believe. Cudworth, do you believe? I'm here, as you see. 
Mm, I suppose that's the only possible answer. Well, it's the only one you're going to get. Do you believe, Winthrop? Like you, uh, I'm here. Uh, what? What's the time? 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 Cudworth, you always have the right time. Mr. Higgins, the clock on the mantel is exactly right. Oh, two minutes to six. Uh, mind, mind if I sit down? We've been saving this chair for you, Higgins. Oh, that's nice of you. <laughs> well, the lounge is pretty well filled up, isn't it? Bursting at the seams. Oh, I've been studying all about the white goddess. Mm, daughter of Astarte, who in turn is the goddess of fertility and uh, sexual love. Oh, you knew that. Uh, Cudworth told me. Cudworth, you really do know everything. On the contrary, I know very little. Well, you've always seemed to me to know everything. That's because you know less. Well, mind if I join you? Well, no, no, there's no place to sit, Ashley. Oh, what a pity. Well, you could sit on the floor. Now, how would I look sitting on the floor when the white goddess comes running across the lounge? No, no, I think I shall join old Rendell over by the window. Perhaps he'll fetch me a brandy. No, no, you, you haven't time. It's nearly six. Oh, you mean I might miss her goddesship? Oh, my, my, that would never do. Oh, geez. that ass doesn't believe she'll appear. Well, why did he bother to come here at all? Because if he doesn't believe, neither does he disbelieve. Just look at him. Laughing and joking with Drindle. Well, that's probably the first time he's ever spoken to Drindle, except to give him an order. You could say that about most of us, myself included. Well, Drindle's getting old. Poor old Drindle. Oh, oh. oh it's, it, it's time. The, the, the time has come. Oh, oh, look at her. Look at her. She's beautiful. Sublime. Oh, white goddess. Oh, heavenly thing. I never thought I should live to see anything so beautiful. The most exquisite thing I ever saw. Or ever shall see. Where did she go? She was here such a little time. She disappeared through the window. Uh, the wall, I think. No, 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 through the window. The one back of where Ashley's standing with Drindle. I saw Ashley turn and look out the window just as she vanished. You don't think it's possible he saw her too? Oh, no. Not Ashley. Well, Ashley? What? If you could stop staring at the stars, I'd like to ask you something. Magnificent. Yes, the stars are magnificent, but I have something else in my mind. Well, what's troubling you, Cudworth? Why, nothing very much, Ashley. Is something troubling you? The way she disappeared. Simply melted into the astral light. Um... Who melted into the astral light, Ashley? Why, the white goddess. Oh, don't tell me you didn't see her. Oh, yes. I saw her. Radiant in all her nakedness. Glowing like mother of pearl. Her long hair flying out behind her. Oh, but then you saw her. Yes. And the others, did they see her? Oh, yes. Of course. Oh, everyone must have seen her. Now, Drindle. Yes, sir. You saw her. No, Mr. Ashley. Oh, come now, Drendel. Of course you saw her. We were standing here together, side by side. I didn't see anything, Mr. Ashley. Now, don't tell me you didn't see anything, you old liar. Well, I, I was busy with something. You were not busy with something. We were standing here talking, and the clock struck six, and the door opened, and she came in. 
And she ran. Her feet hardly touched the floor. Ran across the lounge to this window, this one right here. Why, her shoulder brushed mine. I felt it. My left shoulder. Now, don't tell me you didn't see her or I'll break your back. Now, don't excite yourself, Ashley. The most beautiful spectacle it's ever been the good fortune of any of us to witness. And this numbskull Drindle stands there and tells me he didn't see it. He was busy with something. Oh, I won't stand for it. You listen to me, you fool. It's blasphemy. Unadulterated blasphemy for you to deny that you saw what I saw. What we all saw. Now, say it. Say you saw the white goddess run across this lounge, didn't you? Didn't you? You say it or I'll choke the life out of you. Ashley, this is going too far. He saw her. I know, he saw her. Now, Mr. Ashley, please, you're choking me. He saw it, he's going to admit it. Ashley! Oh, why couldn't you stay out of this, Cudworth? Oh, you might have killed him. Are you all right, Drindle? Uh, yes. Yes, I'm all right. Oh, Ashley, go into the bar and buy yourself a drink. You need it. Yes, I need it. I need it, all right. You're sure you're all right, Drindle? Yes, quite. Quite sure, Mr. Cudworth. Oh, by the way, Drindle... Did you see the white goddess or didn't you? You don't need to be afraid to tell me. Either way. I didn't see anything, Mr. Cudworth. You see, I was busy with something and I... No. I didn't see anything at all. I think I must be getting on home. Yes, it's been quite an evening, hasn't it? Quite an evening. A never-to-be-forgotten evening. Beautifully put, Ambrose. Well, come along. I'll, I'll drop you off. Uh, thank you. Uh, so long, everyone. Night all. Ho, ho. Wake up, Ashley. Yes, yes, I'll wait for you. Well, Cudworth, a never-to-be-forgotten evening. Well, at any rate, one I'll never forget. Hmm. I fancy none of us will ever forget. You leaving now? No. I'm going to stay until the room's cleared. It's about cleared now. Nobody much left. I, uh... I want to speak to old Drindle. He... He doesn't look too happy. That was quite a going over Ashley gave him, wasn't it? Mm, Looked that way. Ashley can be a rough man. Can't he, though? Well, I'm off for home. Night, Winthrop. Night, Goodworth. A never-to-be-forgotten night. Oh, uh, Drindle. Uh, yes, Mr. Winthrop. May I speak to you for a minute? Oh, yes, of course, Mr. Winthrop, of course. You all right? Perfectly all right. I couldn't help noticing you, uh, you and Mr. Ashley seem to be having an altercation of some sort. Mr. Ashley was angry, sir, because I wouldn't say I saw the white goddess. And why wouldn't you say you saw the white goddess? Because I didn't see her. But we all saw her, Drindle. Even Mr. Ashley saw her. She wasn't there. My dear man, she was there. She ran across the lounge all naked, just as the notice said she would. Now, why do you persist in denying it? Because I wrote the notice. Oh, now, Drindle. And I wrote the other one, too. 
about the devil coming down the chimney. I wrote them both, and I made them up out of my head. Why are you lying to me, Drindle? I'm not lying, sir. But of course you're lying. I don't know why you're lying. Perhaps to make yourself important in our eyes. I am not lying. But we all saw her, Drindle. It was the most exquisite moment of our lives. We saw her. Therefore, you're lying. All minds are little. In this great universe of ours, man is a mere insect as compared with the boundless world about him, as measured by the intelligence capable of grasping the whole of truth and knowledge. Yes, Virginia, there is a white goddess. We'll be back shortly with Act Three. And now another tale of the ball and chain. At Kellogg's Special K presents... presents Last Tango in Pittsburgh. There I was at Raoul's All Right Tango Lounge. My little orchid, will you tango with me? It was Raoul. Mm, you're a splendid dancer. Thank you. But what was that? That was what? That sound effect. Oh, I'm a few pounds overweight, and this ball and chain points out how my extra weight can get in the way. I'm pointing you back to your chair. Our heroine decided to lose that extra weight. She exercised and ate smart at every meal, starting with a special K breakfast, a bowl of special K skim milk, tomato juice, and coffee. It's less than 240 calories, 99% fat-free, and 100% delicious. After a while, she was rid of the ball and chain and back at Rules. Darling, you're looking fantastic. What a happy ending. What ending? We're just getting started. Ralph, hmm? get lost. Your happy ending could begin with the Kellogg's Special K breakfast. And that's another tale of the fallen chain. Your Heart Association presents the National High Blood Pressure Test. I'll probably fuck. I'm not even sure what it is. Well, high blood pressure is a common disorder. Maybe 21 million Americans have it. Half of them don't even know they have it. Oh, would I know if I had it? No, only your doctor can tell. Are you ready for the test? Are you taking my blood pressure? No, it's a true or false test. Now you'll hear when you're right and when you're wrong. Now first, headaches, dizziness, and fatigue are all definite symptoms of high blood pressure. Um, false. You're right. There are no constant symptoms. Second, blood pressure varies every hour. It goes up when we're excited, down when we rest. Oh, false. No, you're wrong. That's true. Oh, darn. And third, when blood pressure goes up and stays up, it could lead to heart attacks, stroke, and kidney trouble. Um, true. Right. Oh, well, two out of three ain't bad. Not bad at all. And those listening who'd like to bone up for the next National High Blood Pressure Test can get a free booklet on the subject at their local heart association. Support the work of your heart association with a generous contribution to the Heart Fund. Have you read your Shakespeare lately? If you have, you'll remember Hamlet's observation to his friend. There are more things in heaven and earth, Horatio, than are dreamt of in your philosophy. If you haven't read your Shakespeare, now for the third act of The Walls of Jericho. Come eat your breakfast, Timothy. It's on the table. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely absurd. They're trying to ruin me. Oh, he's off again. I never even turned around when I heard them whispering behind my back. Drindle's getting on. Poor Drindle. Drindle's had a drop too much. Mm -hmm, that part's true, all right. But when they call me a liar, and to my face, I don't have to take that. 
Who called you a liar? Mr. Amos Winthrop, the president of the club. The highest mucky-muck of all the high mucky-mucks, that's who. Well, what kind of a lie did you tell him? No lie. I told him no lie. I told him the God's own truth. That I had written those notices and put them up on the bulletin board. The one about the devil coming down the chimney and the one about the white goddess running naked across the lounge as well. Why wouldn't he believe you? Because he's a fool. The biggest fool and a pack of fools. I said, why wouldn't he believe you? He says he saw the devil, saw him come down the chimney and stand in the flames. And that most of the others saw him too. All but Mr. Ashley and a few other disbelievers. Oh, you should never have invoked the devil. I told you that at the time. But even Mr. Ashley is saying that he saw the white goddess run across the lounge. Radiant in her nakedness, she says, glowing like mother of pearl. <laughs> Imagine Mr. Ashley talking like that. He says she brushed up against him, against his shoulder, and then went out through the window and melted into the astral light. <laughs> Mr. Ashley, of all people. Maybe it happened. How could it have happened when I made it all up? Well... Come, eat your breakfast. No, well, I can't. I'm too upset. You're more upset than they are. Those fine gentlemen you were going to teach a lesson. Oh, don't you worry. I'll fix them. I'll put up another notice. Oh, now, Timothy, don't start up again. Only this time I'll make it so... so crazy, so outlandish. They'll see that it's only a joke. They won't be able to help themselves. Here, now, let's see. Uh, where's a pen? And a piece of paper. Uh, now, now, what shall I... Ah, I need to get them excited, all worked up, waiting for something, and then they'll let down when it doesn't happen. That's what I'm after. It... Yes, I've got it. On March the 2nd at 5 o'clock... You see, they'll all be having drinks in the lounge about that time. At 5 o'clock, a leopard will enter... Eh, uh, no... No, not a leopard. Uh, a tiger will enter the members' lounge. How's that? As long as you don't make it the devil. No, no, no. Better yet, three tigers will enter the members' lounge. No, no, no. I don't like enter. It's too sedate sounding, too tame. I will come through the windows. No. Will crash through the windows. Yes, that's good. Crash through the windows of the members' lounge. There. That should put Mr. Winthrop in his place. Somehow, Timothy, I don't think you were born to put Mr. Winthrop in his place. Ah, that's where you're wrong, Martha. It's precisely what I was born for, and this'll do it. Wait a minute. I thought of something else. What now? Listen to this. On March the 2nd, at 5 o'clock... Three tigers will crash through the windows of the members' lounge, one of them carrying a chicken in his mouth. Oh. Yeah. How's that, Martha? Huh? How's that? Oh, 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 oh that's perfect. Oh, uh, Drindle. Uh, Mr. Winthrop, yes, sir. Uh, stir up that fire, will you? Uh, yes, sir. That's, uh, that's fine. Uh, would you like another log, sir? No, no, that'll do it, I think. Weather's letting up a bit. Yes, it seems to be. 
You're in the club a bit early today, sir. Um, yes, a bit. Why, yes, it's only a little after four. Are you waiting for the tiger, sir? How's that? I just thought perhaps you might have wanted to be the first one on hand when the tigers crash through, that's all. You're being impertinent, Drindle. That's very unlike you, Drindle. Is it, sir? Same as you're lying. It was unlike you to lie to me. Yeah, I suppose it was. You know it was. Now, you're not going to tell me the latest notice on the bulletin board was also your invention, are you? I'm not going to tell you anything, Mr. Winthrop. Well, I'm glad to hear that. I'm sure you'll agree that it's not my place to tell you anything. I most certainly and emphatically do agree. I thought you would. Not that I'm certain that the three tigers will crash through the windows. No, I, I'm not certain at all. It's absurd on the face of it, isn't it? Most absurd. Three tigers. Well, now. Perfectly ridiculous. And one with a chicken in his mouth. <laughs> it's laughable. <laughs> well, don't laugh. Because it just may happen. Precisely as the notice predicts. We simply do not know. I promise not to laugh. Nervous, Cudworth? A few flutters. It's the uncertainty, of course. I've been here since four o'clock. Can you imagine that? I had a hard time staying away myself. I had a few sharp words earlier with Drindle. Sorry to say. The old man's getting very independent, very opinionated. Where is he? He's usually around taking drink orders by now. He's standing over there by the main door looking very superior. Mm. We really have to retire that fellow, Cudworth. Uh, Winthrop! Cudworth, do you realize... Do you realize people are standing outside on the sidewalk? This isn't a club matter anymore. It's spread all over the city. Oh, I can't say I care for that. It looks like hundreds of people. I, I tried to get Ashley to be with us for the, for the great event, but he insists on his post by the window. Ashley by the window, old Drindle by the main door. Well, we're well covered. We should be quiet. It's time. I don't think our conversation will either deter or encourage the tigers. Yes, but all the same. You, you... Quiet. Tigers get him? I don't know. Well, here's Ashley. Maybe he knows something. Ashley, what happened? Old Drindle's dead. Oh, no. How did it happen? Heart attack, apparently. Not the tigers. There isn't a scratch on him. They simply jumped over him, knocked down the big door, and disappeared. Old Drindle never believed in the tigers. Oh, is it conceivable he didn't see them? Oh, he saw them all right. Well, how can you be sure? Well, don't you remember, just before the tigers reached the door, he called for help. He, 
He saw them. He called for help. And he died. Of fright, do you think? Can you think of anything more frightening than the sight of something you never believed in coming to get you? Let's uh, step in here for a few minutes, gentlemen. Uh, we won't be disturbing you, Katie, if we use part of the lounge, will we? Uh, what happened in here, Mr. Winthrop? Who upset all the furniture? Uh, uh, a little fracas, Katie, with uh, some unexpected visitors. Uh, let's set our drinks down here. Uh, pull up chairs, everybody. There's a few that weren't overturned. Well, we'll have a new steward tomorrow. They're promoting someone from the dining room. You'll never hold a candle to Drindle, no matter who he is. Drindle was a good man. If you gentlemen are going to be using this room, I can clear out and come back later. Now, you go right ahead with your cleaning, Katie. If you don't mind sweeping around us. That's uh, all right with me. <laughs> there, there, there certainly isn't there. Gentlemen, I asked you to meet with me here because I have a confession to make. I'm sorry, I didn't tell you before, but, well, I didn't. But now I must. After the incident of the White Goddess, gentlemen, Brindle told me that he himself had posted those notices on the bulletin board. Brindle? The one about the devil? And the White Goddess, that one too? I didn't believe him. After all, we saw the devil, most of us, and we all saw the White Goddess. And to believe Drindle would be to admit that he had the power to summon them up. What, 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 what about the three tigers? One with a chicken in his mouth? We saw them too. And in all probability, so did Drindle. And the sight killed him. Is it possible that a man like Drindle had the power to invoke such things? Well, I must now concede that he did. There I must take issue with you, Winthrop. Drindle only put up the notices. The power lay within us. The membership. I, for one, claim no such power. You, for one, have no such power, Ashley. Nor have I. Nor has Winthrop or Higgins or any member of the club separately. Or consciously. But unconsciously and collectively... The power is ours. Together and without knowing it, we can do such astounding things. Together and without knowing it, we are constantly doing astounding things, are we not? And always have. Both for good and for evil. I call your attention to the biblical story of the Battle of Jericho. We all know that stone walls cannot be shattered by a band of men marching round them, a final blast of trumpets and a great shout. We know that. And yet it happened. The walls of Jericho fell. Uh, why did they? Consider the circumstances. The Israelites outside the fortress city the eagerness, the expectancy, and above all, the desire and the belief. Consider the steady tramp of marching feet. Consider the narrowed concentration of the marchers. No man divided in his mind, and no mind divided from the mind of any other man. Consider the psychic 
pressure created by such a congregation. A uh, mass hallucination? It was no hallucination that Jericho fell to Joshua. No. I should call it mass projection. And that's what happened here to us? We, all of us, acting in concert, projected these apparitions by the sheer force of our unconscious minds. Then we weren't wrong. We really saw them. The devil, the white goddess, the three tigers, one with a chicken in his mouth. We really saw them, even as the walls of Jericho really fell. I beg your pardon, sir. Oh, what is it, Katie? Oh, look what I swept up over by the main door, sir. If I'm not mistaken, they're chicken feathers. What's been going on here, sir? And so ends our tale of magic. A magician performs his tricks. We are delighted and applaud because we cannot comprehend how he did them. But what if the magician himself cannot comprehend? I'll be back shortly. Basically, when we started the street corner scouting program, I came into the communities that had, you know, very little scouting at all. What I had to do was I had to come out here every day during the week, including Saturdays and Sundays, and go out on these same alleys with them and play the same kind of games they played. And just have a regular scouting program with them. Did you know there's such a thing as street corner scouting? That it's bringing scouting to millions of boys who never even heard the word scouting? Did you also know that for every boy in scouting today, there's another boy who'd like to be but can't, and that the reason most of them can't is because no adult in the neighborhood thinks scouting's worth the time? Basically, you gotta go to where they are. If they're in the ballpark or behind the house or in the barn, you gotta go to them. If you don't think scouting's worth your time, you don't know enough about scouting. Find out more. Write Scouting, North Brunswick, New Jersey, 08902. To know the truth, for the truth shall make you free. I believe that, but it's a long search and a weary one. And let's be glad that a lot of mystery remains, and there's a little magic here and there along the way. Our cast included Robert Dryden, Mary Jane Higby, Ian Martin, Ralph Bell, Guy Sorrell, and Sidney Walker. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. Radio Mystery Theater was sponsored in part by the Kellogg Company, makers of Kellogg's Special K cereal. This is E.G. Marshall inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time, pleasant dreams. to Mystery Theater again tomorrow night, same time, same station.